Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Squires. For those of you who don't know me, yeah, my name's Colin and with Phil we're with the assistant congregation leaders here. And uh, if, if you didn't know, one of my biggest passions, as well as obviously Jesus, church and people, is climbing. And uh, some of you have probably come along to my rock climbing small group. Rampant plug there. Anyone been along? Yeah, it's great. You can tell because they've got really hench forearms. You never, ever work these out at the gym. But climbing look really good. That's not what it, where we go. But, um, but if you're climbing, there are different kinds of climbing. And uh, there's bouldering, which is more low level, very technical. If you fall off, you're on a mat and it's fine. You don't need a harness. There's top roping when there's a rope above you and you know, you climb. If you fall off, you just swing. And then there is the, uh, the other kind, which is lead climbing. And that's the, that's the clenchy kind. To, uh, to, just to, to maybe explain it that way. Um, because that's where you have a rope trailing behind you. And as you climb, you clip the rope to the wall. So you climb above where you're clipped. You with me? And if you were to fall, you would fall off back down to where your rope was clipped and then that distance again. So you can fall quite far. But the most important thing about lead climbing is no fear. You just, you just got to go for it. Because, you know, if, if there's this really big reach and you're too scared to go for it, you're definitely going to get tired and fall off. So my friend, many of you know um, Stephen Montgomery, uh, he and I, we climbed together loads for years, and we started to try and kind of get over that fear by practicing falling off. So what we would do is we would climb up, get to the top of this 12-meter-odd wall, and rather than clip in and then clip the top one and lower down, we would skip a couple of clips. So we'd be climbing up with about three meters of rope just trailing beneath us, and you'd get to the top, and... And I remember the first time we tried this, I kind of looked down and think, oh, I'm not sure this is a good idea. And, and I had my hands on the top, ready to jump. And I kind of said to myself, ready, three, two, one, brace myself, went, go. And my hands just didn't physically move. It's like they had a mind of their own. It was like one of the kind of went, hold on, are you crazy? Are you an idiot? You will die. And something within me went, this is a bad idea. And I physically couldn't let go. And in that moment, I thought, okay, I have two choices here. I can sort of give in to nature, or I can overcome. Like, no, you're my hands, and you'll do what I say. And so there, at the top of this 12-meter wall, with three meters of rope below me, I didn't really have much time to think other than to say, I am doing, I'm doing this. So I just went, let go. And of course, because I'd been thinking about what my hands were doing and not about the fact that I had three meters of rope, which meant a six meter fall, um, I I completely forgot the fact that something was going to happen. And I let out the most blood curdling, (laughs) don't want to be sexist here, but very feminine scream. (laughs) And, uh, And I fell six meters. A proper, I don't think I could make the noise again, but it was a proper, not like a, oh no, it was an, ah, proper scream. And people came running thinking, oh my goodness, something awful has happened. And there's just me just kind of swinging at the bottom of this room. Well, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, and I got lowered down and, and you know, I had to go and check my trousers, but it was, it was absolutely fine. And, uh, but I learned something from it. I learned... My belay partner had me. I was never going to hit the deck. Even though I was a little bit worried what might happen, he had me. It was, it was absolutely fine. And in overcoming that fear, the next time I climbed, I knew it's going to be all right. 
So I just went for it, and my climbing got better. And uh, I kind of, I've got to be honest, I kind of feel like that moment a little bit this morning. Um, I've spoken probably hundreds of times um, in different contexts and with different size amounts of people, that kind of thing. And I always come and I say, God, what do you want to say? And I'll spend some time praying and I'll, and I'll write it down and I'll say, how do you want to say it? And I'll spend some more time praying and I'll write it down. It kind of comes together. And this, I felt, I said, God, what do you want to say? And he was downloading stuff and I'm writing it down and writing it down. And I said, how do you want to say it? I'm not really sure. I'm writing stuff down and writing something else down. And that's not right. And write some, God, I know what you want to say. How do you want to say it? And it's got to the point where I'm standing up here before you in that sort of my hands letting go moment going, I don't really know how God wants me to do this. But over to you, Jesus. Let go. Uh, And and God was speaking to me about this this morning. And and Kate prayed with me last night. And God just said, the very thing that, that he's put my heart to share with you this morning If I were to have every T crossed and every I dotted, it would not be doing the message that I've got to bring. Because what God's been speaking to me about is the fact that we don't have to be an evangelist, you know, capital E evangelist. We don't have to be a great theologian. We don't have to be an apologeticist um, or anything like that. We don't have to be a great speaker or eloquent or anything like that. We just have to know we have a story. And I know I've got a story this morning that God wants to share with us, um, but I don't know how it's going to come out. But that's a good thing sometimes. So I want to start a bit with my story, where I came from. Now, have any of you guys got kids or a friend who's the kind of person, if you said, oh, I've made such and such, would you like to try it? They immediately reply with, no, I don't like it. And you say, well, have you tried it before? No, but I know I don't like it. Anyone know anybody like that? <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy. It's like, well, you, I'm making curry. Oh, I don't like curry. I don't like chicken and I don't like spice. It's not a chicken curry and it's not spicy. No, I don't like curry. You know, like, it doesn't matter what it is. I've just already made my mind up. I don't like it. Oh, it drives me crazy. If that's you, I'm sorry. Love you. Love you. But seriously, you're missing out. There are some great curries out there. Um, no, that was me before I became a Christian. I was that person who said... I know what you've got, Christianity and all that kind of stuff. I know exactly what it's like, what it tastes like, looks like, sounds like, and I don't like it. And if you'd asked me the question, like if it was a meal, have you ever actually tried it? Have you even got close enough to even smell it? No, but I know I don't like it. Um, And so I was a militant atheist. I apologise if if you've heard my testimony before. Actually, no, I don't apologise if you've heard my testimony before. It's it's great. Thank you, Jesus. You can hear it again. Um, My... I was that militant atheist. I was the kind of person you probably don't want to talk to about Jesus. I had all of my arguments ready. You know, it was like locked and loaded. Here we go, looking for the Christian to come and have a go so that I could, like, you know, take him down with my amazing, arrogant arguments. Um, and, uh, and I, but I had some Christian friends, and they were the most patient and loving and just wonderful people I could have asked for to be in my life. And no matter what I said, no matter what I did, no matter what response I gave them, no matter how much mouth I gave them, they kept on at me and kept on at me and kept on at me. Now, at the time, I didn't like it. I think that's really important to stress. I wasn't a fan. The debates got tiresome. Um, But they kept on. And one day, I came to a point where I was willing to listen. 
And, uh, and they started to tell me about who Jesus was, and they started to tell me about what sin was about and all that kind of thing. And I realized I knew nothing about any of this Christianity stuff. And all the things that I said I didn't like, as they were telling me about, I was like, oh, actually, that's really good. Oh, man, if everyone lived like this guy, Jesus, then I realized all the world's problems would be sorted. You know, I started to, I started to appreciate this thing. It was like getting a smell of it and going... Wow, I want to try this. This is good. And effectively, they dared me to try being a Christian. And to cut a long story short, um, I, I, tr- I tried it. And I did, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I had an encounter with Jesus that shook me to my core. It challenged every one of my arguments because it was experience. It wasn't theory. It wasn't you know, debate. It was real for me. It was experience. And suddenly I had this, this story of what had happened to me that I couldn't reconcile with my worldviews. And, uh, and it made me challenge a lot of things. And obviously, in God revealing himself to me, I wanted to go to church, wanted to find out a bit more, hear more about it. And as I heard more about it, I started to fall in love with this person, Jesus. And as he revealed more and more of himself to me, I started to realize, man, I hadn't even considered that I could have been missing out. I thought I had everything that I needed. And then I realized that... I'd never tried this before, so I didn't know what it was. And I've tried to explain this to people before. I don't know if it's a very good explanation, but it's sort of like if someone, if, if the whole world were colorblind and nobody knew it because everyone's colorblind, and then someone invented some kind of medicine that you could take that would cure you of your colorblindness and you could see it in beautiful technicolor, that someone had given me this, and rather than trying to explain how good it was, it's just like I wanted to give it to others. I don't know if that's a good explanation or not, if anyone's ever really got that, but I I just want people to know, I was that guy who said, I don't want to listen to you, but I'm so glad that the person didn't give up on me. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning is your story. What story do you have to tell? Jesus loves stories. All throughout the Bible, he used parables or stories about different people, about what was going on, to share the truth about who he was and and what God had for him. And the the thing is, if you're talking about theory, it's easy to dismiss theory or dismiss belief. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to say, postmodernism says, well, that's okay for you, but just keep it for yourself. I don't need to believe that. So you can believe what you want, I'll believe what I want. And it's easy to dismiss that, but it's very difficult to dismiss someone's story. If someone's looking you in the eye and saying, this is what happened to me, it's really hard to say, no, I don't believe you, you're a liar. I have had that response before, but it's very, very rare. Um, So we're going to look a little bit about today, about what your story might be and how we can share that. Have you got your Bible with you? Uh, Turn with me to Colossians 4.2. If you've got an Amplified Bible, that'd be even better. That doesn't mean you say, Bible, it just... It's a different translation. That was terrible, I'm sorry. So Colossians 4 says this. This kind of sums up the journey we've been on over the last few weeks. Be persistent and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us too. This was, uh, this was Paul talking about pray for us who are, who are sharing God's message. And... Uh, that God will open a door of opportunity for us for the word. And this is what we're hearing about from Pastor Clive last week, about praying for others and the mustard seed and just continually praying and praying and praying and praying. And that's so important. It opens the way. It waters the soil. 
And then it goes on. Uh, the, the door of opportunity will be opened to us for the word. To proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I have been imprisoned, that I make it clear and speak boldly of the un, and unfold the mystery in the way I should. Now, who heard Pastor Colin speaking about this question we might ask of what is a Christian? Or Andy Elm speaking about um, who do you say Jesus is? Anyone found that really, really helpful? That was great. I really, I, that, I found that really, really helpful for me. I know, what, what can I say and how can I help unpack this message of Jesus? And uh, we've been hearing about that, that we want to unpack this mystery. And then we're coming on to, to this, verse 5. Conduct yourselves with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders or non-believers. Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. I think it's important to look at why do we want to share the gospel? Because my, my filter, because before I was saved, I was saved at 17, was that it's a load of hypocrisy and God isn't real. So You'd, my, my perception was, if you're a Christian, you don't really believe the message that you've got because we all know it's not real, was my perception. And so if you were trying to evangelise, trying to share that kind of thing, I was thinking you're just doing this to feel better about yourself. And if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I want to say that's, that's not our heart whatsoever. And I also want to apologise for all the times that maybe we've done a really bad job, not just us as a church, but the church in general, of we've not done a great job of communicating how amazing Jesus is. But we're doing this not for our benefit, but for the good of someone else. Like that whole taking medicine to someone needs it, that, you know, that kind of thing, that picture. Um, and the church generally throughout history hasn't done a great job with this, with the Crusades and Inquisition and all that kind of stuff. And so often, this is what we come up against. Or what I found I've come up against is someone saying, I don't believe in religion, it's caused wars, I don't believe in the church, all of this rubbish, hypocrisy and things like that. It's not good. And I think, what a brilliant opportunity to share a different story. What a great opportunity to share, that's not what it, what it really looks like. That's not who Jesus is, and to share a different story. Now, when I first got saved, because I'd had this revelation, I wanted to share this with everybody that I met. I joined the street evangelism team. I went out in my college at lunch breaks, and I started praying for the first half and for the second half, going and talking to people about Jesus, praying for sick people, seeing people getting miraculously healed, all that kind of thing. It was amazing. Um, and saw loads of fruit come out of it. I wanted to make the most, like we're here in this verse, of every opportunity. But I didn't always get it right. So sometimes I would employ a tactic to try and want to talk to people that I'm not sure Jesus would be that behind. It was the kind of flirt to convert mentality. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever had anyone try and practice this methodology on them or maybe practice it themselves. But it's not the best way when you're thinking, you know, I'm going to make the most of every opportunity and an opportunity is coming right my way this very moment. She's looking good. It's okay. It's not my wife. This is not how this happened. Um, but, you know, that whole flirt to convert mentality. I even tried a couple of kind of Christian chat-up lines. You know, like, if I walked around you seven times, would you fall for me? And if they look at you quizzically, you say, let me tell you about Jericho. And if they're still not sure, you say, don't worry, I put the stud in Bible study. Funnily enough, never worked. Never worked. <laughs> it would be funny if it did, you know, just a church full of women. <laughs> like, ah, 
I may be falling in love with the wrong person. So that would never worked, funnily enough. Um, please don't try those chat-up lines out on anyone. They're awful, <laughs> awful. Um, didn't work. But I did have opportunity to share with friends, like friends that are just were not friends to start with, people that I went out of my way to get to know and invited to church. And do you know what? They came. They came. And, uh, and they gave their life to the Lord. Or another friend who had been in the church and know Jesus, but she sort of walked away from stuff and left all the relationships behind. And she felt like, no one wants me. From what I've done now and the, how far I've gone from church, nobody's going to want me. And just... Spending time with her saying, no, like God's got so much for you. I love you. I want to spend time with you hanging out, which became coming to church, which became her discovering that relationship with Jesus all over again. And it looked like something. It sounded like something. But it came out of this is what Jesus has done for me. Now, have you guys ever been in a position where you want to share something and you've had an opportunity, but you've not made the most of it and you've kicked yourself? I mean, that moment where you go... I could, but I'm a little bit late, or I could, but I don't know, I feel a bit uncomfortable. Anyone been there? I've, I've been there. I've been there. Um, if you have, I want to encourage you, you are not alone. In 2015, uh, the Evangelical Alliance, they did a survey, and they th- surveyed thousands of people, and they surveyed both Christians and non-Christians to ask about this conversation about Jesus. And... Uh, 26% of Christians said that they don't feel comfortable talking about him. 33% said they're afraid of causing offence. 21% said they feel like they didn't know how to talk about Jesus. And 34% said they think others would be better suited. Now, anyone ever felt like any of those things? Yeah, probably all of us have felt like something like that at some point. But even in that, we're not alone. That goes out throughout the Bible. If you want to turn to Exodus chapter 3, we're reading the story about Moses. And it's, it's that Sunday school classic, Moses and the Burning Bush. You know the story. Moses was fled from Egypt. He'd accidentally killed somebody. We killed somebody he didn't really mean to. Um, happens all the time, you know how it is. Um, and he, he ran away and he found himself being a shepherd in the middle of the desert and didn't really have anything about God or anything like that on his mind. And he sees this burning bush in the desert. And he goes to check it out thinking usually bushes don't stay burning and you know, don't burn up. This is unusual. I'm going to check it out. And as he approaches, God speaks to him. We know the story, especially if you've seen the Prince of Egypt movie and Val Kilmer's voice. It's just amazing. Moses. Oh, it's beautiful. Take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. It's, oh, if you haven't seen it, it's great. Great movie. Um, and Moses talk, talks to God. And God shares with him, Moses, I want to send you to some people. To simplify, I want to send you to people. And I've got a story to tell them. And we read Moses' first response is, but who am I that I should go? Funnily enough, what was this? 26% of people don't feel comfortable. Who am I? Who am I to go? Uh, and God says to him, I will be with you. We read that he then gives him some instructions and he teaches him a bit and what's going to happen, that kind of thing. But then Moses says, but what if they don't believe me or they don't listen to what I have to say? What if they don't like it? And what did we read here? 21%, no, 33% said they're afraid of causing offence. What if they don't like what I've got to say? 
And God says, don't worry, I'll be with you. I'll do miracles through you. I'll show them. I'll show them who I am. Then Moses says, and God shares some more with him. And then Moses says, he's not, he's not quick to pick up God on this, is he? He says, I'm slow of speech and tongue. And probably Moses had some kind of speech impediment um, and he was not confident to share. And we read there, 21% of people said that they don't know how to talk about Jesus. I feel I'm slow of speech. I feel like I'm not eloquent. I feel like I can't express what's in my heart. I just, I just get a bit flustered and I don't know what to say. 34% of people, oh sorry, and then God says, but I will be with you. I'll teach you. And then Moses says, oh Lord, please send someone else. And uh, we read, 34% think that others will be better suited. Send someone else. So even Moses said, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. Someone else would be better at doing it. Uh, And God says, I will be with you. I will teach you what to say. Jesus in the Great Commission in, in Matthew 28, he said... Go and preach to, you know, preach to all nations, make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you even to the end of the age. I'll go with you. He said in Mark that don't worry about when you're arrested about what to say, because I'll give the Holy Spirit will give you the words. So we've got on the one hand Moses saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, and on the other hand, Jesus saying, It's okay, I'm with you. So all we need then is to know we've got a story and to be willing to go. So we're going to look a little bit about some of these different, I, I believe these to be lies of the enemy, to say you're not good enough, someone else will be better, all that kind of thing. And it's not to keep us, the lid down on us, it's not to keep us from speaking out, it's because if we're not there to tell somebody, they're not going to get to hear this message. They're not going to get to hear this good news. So it's not like the devil goes, if I can keep you quiet, then I can keep you feeling like you're doing a bad job of being a Christian. Although that's probably part of his plan. His plan is, if I can keep you quiet, then your neighbour, your friend, your colleague, your hairdresser, whatever, isn't going to get to hear this amazing, life-transforming story. So we're going to see if we can tackle some of these, these things. Now, they went and they, they surveyed some more different people, and I thought this was really, really interesting, if I can find the right statistics. Um, That idea of feeling like I don't feel comfortable, someone else would be better. Do you know what percentage of people in the UK said they know a practicing Christian? It was about 64% said, I know someone who's called themselves a practicing Christian. 1% of those people said it was a pastor or a youth worker or someone employed by the church. 1%. 73% said that the person that they knew was either a friend or a family member. So this idea of God sends someone else, I'm, I'm not the person for this job. Let me encourage you, you are. You are. You are the person that God has put there. Because they don't know the pastor, they don't know the, evangel- the traveling evangelist, they're not going to come into con- contact with those people, but they do come into contact with you and with me in our day-to-day lives. So this lie that someone else would be better... Is, is that, it's just that, it's a fallacy. There is no one better because there is only you. And as long as you've got a story and you're willing, then that's all you need. So before we go and look at some of these other things, I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to share the message this morning. So I just want you to take the next minute or so while we look at some of this stuff, just to be thinking, what is my story? 
Okay, so just be, be mulling that over. What is my story? What have I got to say? I found it interesting that of the 67% of non-Christians who knew a practicing Christian, 57%, so a little over half, said that they, that person had ever had a conversation with them about Jesus. So of the 67% of the UK who know someone who's a Christian, only half of them have ever had a conversation about it. I was like, man, there's so many more people. Before we go out and we try and reach new people and all that kind of thing, there are so many people just right in our, in our homes, in our families, in our backyards, so to speak, in our next-door neighbours and our best friends, who already, here's an opportunity to share the goodness of this message of who Jesus is. Now, has anyone here, have you had to share your testimony? You've got a testimony to share. Can you give me some hands? Give me some hands. Okay, who feels like maybe... I appreciate this is an awkward question, put you on the spot. I'm not sure I've got a testimony to share. Cool, a couple of people. I want to I tell you, no matter what your story, whether it was I was born and raised in a Christian household and I sort of drifted into faith and whatever it might be, your story is completely unique to you. And your story is going to be the unique thing that challenges somebody else where nobody else could. So I might talk about the fact that I was a militant atheist, and maybe if you're a militant atheist in the room, you're listening to that, you're going, wow, I didn't expect anyone with that kind of, that had that kind of mindset would ever become a Christian. Maybe, and I hope, that part of my story might speak to you. But you know what? If you're a single mum and that's not been your reality whatsoever, then someone else's story, your story over here or your story over here, your story could be the thing that breaks through into their life. So we don't want to give any opportunity for the, for the enemy to steal our story. So what we're going to do is we're going to take, we're going to be a little bit different this morning. It's going to be over to you guys, and we're going to have a bit of practice at sharing our testimonies. So um, before we do, just a couple of tips. Of course, this is your story, so I can't tell you what to say, how to say it, or anything like that. That's kind of the point. But any good story has a beginning and a middle and an end. And so let our testimonies have that. Where was I before? What was my life like before? Either without Jesus or when I went off the rails or a time when I really needed something in my life that no person could fulfill. The middle is the way God came and met that need. He walked into my life. He came and revealed himself. And the end is, of course, and today this is what I'm living for and my life has never been the same again. And a good story has got to have a hero. And the hero of our stories, we can sometimes, we can slip over with the name Jesus. And we can say, church, I came to church and my life changed. And that's great, but the church can't save anybody. We we together, we can't save anybody. We can love people, yeah, and we can can make a difference, yeah, but the church doesn't really make a difference in in anyone's life. Jesus makes the difference in people's life and he puts them in the church, puts us together. So use the name of Jesus everywhere. Just drop the name of Jesus all over the place. I encountered Jesus, and then my life changed. I know what you mean when you say church, but, but really, let's just use the name of Jesus. So we're going to get into twos or threes, if that's a little bit easier. And uh, I'm going to give you three minutes, two and a half minutes. 
Because sometimes we need to, this is part of, our, of us getting good at telling these stories and why I want to practice this morning. Is because sometimes we're going to have a, a platform to speak and we could take half an hour to share our testimony. Or sometimes we just got one minute on the bus and someone said something, we're like, do you know what, that was my story. Let me tell you about what Jesus did in me. So I'm going I'm to give you two and a half minutes and we'll see how we go. And other person listening... And if you haven't got a story because you of in this and you're not a Christian, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, still please feel free to share your story about what's brought you here today and what's going on with you. What do you think about all this kind of stuff? Um, but yeah, person who's listening, listen, and we're going to give a little bit of, of helpful feedback to one another, okay? Because we'll look in a little bit, but yeah, we'll look in a little bit, some, some feedback and some things that we can make sure we're looking at doing. But is that okay? So if you want to just turn to a person around you, a couple of people, you can move seats, that's okay. Do you know what? Crazy, you can actually move your chair around. It's okay, you can still even do that. And, uh, and I'll call us back together in a couple of minutes. Okay. So... Person number one, three, two, one. Did you get to the end of your story? <laughs> give, give me a bit of an indicator. If you, hands right up, you got to the end about halfway, about halfway through, and if your hands down, then you didn't get anywhere near the end. We've got a couple of people. We need another minute over here. You can, don't worry, if you didn't hear the end of the story and you're like, what happened next? Then you can have opportunity afterwards in the hub, but we need to swap over in a second so the other person's got opportunity. But this might sound really silly, but if this, if this being able to share the amazing news and stories about what Jesus has done in us is one of the most important things we've got, should we have the opportunity to practice it a little bit? And now, again, I want to just, re, just restate this, this idea that Moses probably had a speech impediment. He couldn't speak very well. He had no confidence. He didn't think he was the right person. Someone else would be better. Yet he went, and obviously we see everything that happened. It was incredible. So I'm not saying we need to practice to be good, and if we don't, then, we're, then nothing good's going to come of it. Of course I'm not saying that. But at the same time, let's take hold of this that God's given us, this story, and work with him to say, Jesus, I want to have a, a minute story a three-minute story, a ten-minute story, and an hour story. I want to be able to share you in whatever circumstance I've got. So if you run out of time, I encourage you, see if you could find that person later and say, do you mind if I have another go at that? But this time I'm going to do it in two minutes. In two minutes. Okay, so let's swap over and have opportunity to share, the other person share the story. And then afterwards, we're going to have a couple of minutes just to give each other a little bit of constructive feedback. You know, no, that was terrible. But Okay, so another, another three minutes. Off you go. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, stop there. Give me your, give me your hand indication. Hands right up if you finished. Halfway or a little bit. We got some more hands up. Okay, great. Did it help hearing the other person's story to think? Okay, I need to think about how I'm pacing my own. Okay, cool. So we're already we're starting to learn something from another. I want to just give you just one minute to share some feedback with one another. Now, it's really, really important. Obviously, this is a encouraging and is positive and it's constructive. So don't just say, 
you were rubbish. <laughs> not going to be that encouraging. But we want to, here, and here's some tips. We want to think about our language. So uh, the Apostle Paul said, I want to become all things to all men so that some might be saved. He says, when I'm with the Jews, I'm, I'm like the Jewish people. When I'm with the, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, I'm like that. When I'm with the weak, I'm like, I become weak. I become whatever someone needs me to be. So if someone's never been into church before, saying, I'd like to talk to you about the transubstantiation of the Eucharist. It's probably not a good starting point. You know, to talk about sanctification, glorification, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, a justification, probably not a good starting point. To get out your tome of a book that says systematic theology and say, well, let me under help you understand this. Probably not the best starting point. So think about language. You might want to feed back, like, was the other person using some words that you'd think, if I hadn't been in church my whole life or this last week or whatever, I wouldn't understand what you're talking about. And just think, help them there think, what else could I use? Here's a good example. Um, Paul Guttridge, if you know him, a great speaker, great, great guy. He said, when I'm praying with somebody uh, and God gives me a, a prophetic word for them, that's when God speaks to you and you share it with somebody, he doesn't call it prophetic word. He says, is it okay if I pray a tailor-made prayer with you? It's like, I'm not going to pray a prayer that's, you know, oh God bless us and, you know, that kind of thing. Something, something's really specific for you. And then he'll pray with them with this specific tailor-made prayer that, because God's spoken to him about something in their life and they're just like, whoa. And, but they get it because of the language that he used. Does this make sense? So I'm going to give you just a minute, just share a little bit about language, about um, you spent maybe a little too long talking about the beginning and I want to know the bit about when Jesus came in or that kind of thing, you know? So really, everyone going to give me a high five afterwards, really encouraging, yeah? No, no, like just tear someone to shreds, okay? This is not like, you know, um, you know, Alan Sugar, you're fired. That was terrible. <laughs> None of that, okay? So I'm going to give you a minute. So over to you. Okay, if you've not yet, give the other person opportunity to give some feedback. Sounds like there's lots of feedback to be given. This is really, really good. So can you give me a wave if you just had some helpful feedback? Great. Just so that I know how many pastoral issues I'm going to have to look after later, can you give me a wave if you just took offence at what the other person said and you now would like to leave the church? Okay, okay, I see that hand. Okay. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, but we can help each other, can't we? In this feeding back, in this sharing with one another. Guys over this side of the room. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone, you might... <laughs> We've just got a couple of minutes left. Because this is the last thing I, I want to share with you. If you're sat here, by the way, and you're not a Christian, you're thinking, this is a little bit pathetic. These guys have got to practice telling their stories and all that kind of stuff. Oh, bless them. You know, do you know the reason we want to do this is because we love you. We want you to know this amazing experience that we have had. And sometimes we just need to get over ourselves or get better at it. Because genuinely, I genuinely believe, if you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you could know him like I have come to know him, there is no way on earth you would not want him. I genuinely believe that. I'm utterly convinced. Now, I'm never going to force this on you because I know, as my, was my experience, that was the last thing I wanted. So if you're not a Christian, we, well, please bear with us. We, we just want to love you. We want to serve you. We don't want to just shove our message down your throat. We want the very, very best for you. And let that always be our heart. What Pastor Colin said about 
uh, just show interest in them. They're not, they're not like evangel evangelistic fodder was the word he used, which I thought was great. You know, if someone's not a Christian, we want to show them love. People, this, this, you know, this adage of people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. If we were to be a letter or a, a story about what Jesus has done for us, like it talks about in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, we're like letters, living letters, not written with pen and ink, but written on our hearts. If we were a letter about what Jesus has done, let the envelope not say HMRC on it. Do you know what I mean? Let it not be when someone sees us, they're like, oh, great, I don't want to open that. You know, not something that's a DVLA. No one wants that. You know, let it be the envelope that's handwritten, that someone sprayed their perfume on, that's like a love letter that you know it's from your beloved. You know, the one that you can't wait to tear open and find out what they've got to share with you because you know it's coming from a heart of love. Let's be that person to people. So in our language, in the people that we talk to, let's go out of our way to, to love them, even if we just completely disagree with their lifestyle. Do you know what? The religious people in Jesus' time, they disagreed with the lifestyle of the prostitutes and the tax collectors. They said, what you're doing is awful. It's ruining society. And yet the person, the people that Jesus came to spend time with was the prostitutes and tax collectors. If there's someone whose lifestyle you don't disagree with, you might even say, your lifestyle is ruining society. Jesus came to spend time with that person. That's who he died for. That's who he loves. Who are we to say, yeah, but Jesus, yeah, but, do I, yeah, but really them? No, let's, let's, let's have our, our envelope of our life be that they receive love first so that they want to read the reason why. They want to read the letter that's inside. Amen. Um, I, don't, I just want, I want to encourage you with this. I don't know if this is encouragement or challenge, but... Um, it was something I wrestled with at the time. I went out for a birthday party with someone once, and it was, happened to be around Halloween. And they said, oh, we're going to a club, and it's a Halloween party. And I wasn't dressed up or anything like that. And I was like, oh, is that something I really want to do? Is that the kind of environment I'd be comfortable in? But I thought, OK, I'm going to love you. I'm going to go with you. I went, and there's everyone there dressed as witches and wizards and all sorts of stuff and, you know, anything that you could imagine, what you think about, all that kind of thing. It didn't make, I didn't feel particularly comfortable with it. There was songs that were playing that were definitely not Christian. And do you know what? In the middle of it, I just said, thank you, Jesus, that you called me to be a light in dark places. Yeah. And so I, I can praise you. So I'm on the dance floor, I'm dancing, you know, and I'm, I'm probably the most exuberant one there. I'm also the only one who's sober. And, uh, and, and I'm just worshipping Jesus. And I go up to the bar to get a glass of water. And there's this girl there dressed as a witch. And she said, what are you dressed as? So it's funny you should ask. I'm actually dressed as my day job. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy one, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, if you're a builder, you just wear your stuff to, to the... And it's a costume. Um, so she said, oh, well, you don't really look dressed up. What are you dressed as? I said, I'm a priest. And, uh, and I thought, well, technically, the Bible says that we're all, you know, royal priesthood. So I said, oh, it doesn't matter. Because some people, as, as a non-Christian, before I got saved, I'd never heard the word pastor. It's one of those language things again. Everyone knows the word priest. So I said, oh, I'm a priest. And, um, and she said, oh, well, you don't look like a priest. And we talked about, well, what does a priest look like? You know, and robes and a dog collar and all that kind of thing. And I was just asking, well, what makes somebody a priest? And it's those kind of questions are like, who do you say Jesus is? And we had this conversation at a bar, her dressed as a witch in a Halloween club thing, you know, with like, you know, the monster mash playing at full blast over the speakers. And the conversation ends with, do you want, yeah, I want to pray that prayer that you talked about. And I said, do you want to do it now? She said, no, I, oh, it's a bit weird doing it now. But when I get home, yeah, I'm going to pray that prayer. I, I want to talk to God. I want what you're talking about. And so 
I just want to, sometimes we're challenged with where we are in life, where we go and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think actually Phil's got a word about that <laughs> next week, which is going to be really, really good to lead on to this. But like, Jesus has called, to be a, called us to be a light in a dark place. And if we're not going to take our stories to the people where they are that need to hear it, how are they ever going to hear it? Um, so it's funny. I, I really love, I said like, opened with this. I normally ask God, what do you want me to say and how do you want me to say it? If I'm perfectly honest, I don't need reassurance about this because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, great with, with Jesus and what he wants to say. But I feel like I've tripped over what I want to say. I've missed half my points this morning. I've not been able to share eloquently what I felt God put on my heart. And I don't know what you think. Maybe you're thinking that's the same, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> well, my point is, my point is, that doesn't matter. It's the willingness to just say, Jesus, I know I've got a story, and I might not be able to tell it very well, but I want to share it. Because if I don't, who's going to be able to? So I just want to finish with, with that. And if you feel like my story is so badly written, you know, or it's just so it's like illegible that people just couldn't read it, then let, let's kind of say, well, rather than sharing a story, why don't you just share a hand of invitation? Maybe you've got 20 quid in your pocket. You can't, you can't share a story. You've got 20 quid in your pocket. Go and have a meal, leave a 20 quid tip, and leave a God loves you card. Just bless somebody, you know? Or maybe you say, I don't know how I can talk about Jesus. Have you heard of Alpha? Just try and get those words out of your mouth. Would you like to come? Uh, coming up in September, uh, sorry, in August, we're doing a series here called At the Movies. And each message is going to be all, you know, it's going to like singing and dancing with movies from the kind of thing you see at the cinema. Messages for people who have maybe never heard a message about who Jesus is before. Just say, hey, do you want to come along to my church? We're doing an At the Movies thing. Like, use, use it as clickbait. You know, like real-life clickbait. Do you want to know six steps to have the most incredible marriage of your life? They're doing a, a series at my church about marriage. It's going to change your life. You know, like, let's, let's do what we can just to ha- put out this hand of invitation, but not an HMRC tax envelope, you know, brown envelope. Let's make sure the envelopes of our lives are something that people want to open. Amen. Thank you. The most important part of any message is not what you hear, it's what you do with what you hear. And so we're not doing a stand up and pray response this morning, because the response today is a decision in our hearts, every one of us right now, of am I going to share my story with somebody this week? Make the most of every opportunity, no matter what it is, and say, share a story, even if it's 30 seconds. So can you all do that? Are we going to do that? Then can we all just say, Jesus, I'm up for it. Amen. Let our response be with what we do this week. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.